What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend, a debrief, an effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson, joining me again in the host spotlight, Miss Alicia Battaglia. Alicia, how are you? I'm doing fabulous. Good. Merry Ma- Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. I haven't said that to you yet this season. We have five days left. It's exciting. Are you ready? I am ready. Yeah. I have all my gifts done. I, I feel pretty good, especially Wrapped? from a husband's standpoint. I'm sure the expectation's dirt low for me, <laughs> yeah. but I did pretty good. I'm like excited. So they are wrapped. Yes. My husband always likes to Christmas morning because he gets to see what he got everybody. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, there's a lot of that going around. That's so funny. But no, I'm, I'm, I haven't wrapped it to the degree Hannah is used to, but you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it should be fun. Uh, joining us again, he's back with us, Senior Pastor Mark Harry. Mark, how are you doing, my friend? Very good. Good. Merry Christmas to you to as you well. Too. Christmas is this Sunday, Yay. which is crazy. Uh, we will have a podcast next week just about kind of the Christmas services. We'll talk a little bit about Christmas Eve uh, and all that stuff. But I wanted to go ahead and jump into a Sunday in review. Uh, Pastor Mark was in uh, John... Uh, last week and kind of taking a, a pause from the book of Acts for a little bit as we look at the Christmas season, uh, talking about good news of great joy. Alicia, I'll come your way first, and Mark, we'll see what you what you have for us. Yes, good news of great joy, which references the Luke 2 passage hmm. um, where the shepherds are in the field and the angel appears and says, for, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Mm-hmm. And um, just... In the book of Luke, as we've talked about from Acts, Luke is writing to Theophilus uh, about these eyewitnesses accounts so that he would have assurance because what he wrote about really happened. And so this um, verse of John 3.16 also really happened. God really did love the world so much that he gave his only son. And um, so it's not only you know, a banner verse for us Christians, it's, it's true. It really did happen. And, um, so I'm excited about the conversation to be able mm-hmm. to talk more about that and unpack it. Well, I appreciate Luke too, as well, because we had our youth Christmas party last week. It's been a crazy time for youth staff, but I was all dressed up as an elf and doing the goofy, yes, silly Christmas I saw the stuff. Picture. But then mm-hmm. I, then Excellent. I realized I, you know, there's a, a Christmas lesson built into that night. It's not a, as long a talk or a lesson, but you want something in there. <clears throat> So I was like, what am I going to do with these kids? And one thing my dad always did with us growing up, still does, is he reads Luke 2, 1 mm-hmm. through 20, just the very first thing we do in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I loathed that growing up, learned to think it was pretty okay as I left their house. And now I look forward to it every year. It's just <laughs> the way they did that and valued it. And so I shared that with the, the entire youth group. I just wanted to read them Luke 2 because I'm thinking, I bet there are kids in this room that if we don't share that tonight, they might not hear that, mm-hmm. you know, on a, on a Christmas morning or mm-hmm. so easy to get wrapped up in everything else that you forget it. This story is so real. And one of the points I wanted to convey to them, this isn't just, you know, spiritual stuff we like to talk about. This is history. Yeah. All of this happened in such a way that God worked so intentionally. So yeah. it's and, cool to hear that. And John 3.16 is a verse that we should not ever become over-familiar with. Mm, um, it's point. something that is so full of gospel truth and who God is and mm-hmm. what he's done for us that I don't think we can ever really plumb the depths of. Sure. So um, to just blow this off of, oh, 
okay, let's just talk about John 3.16. No, let's talk about John 3.16 because the whole crux of our faith uh, comes to this head. So yeah. then question for you, Mark, you're, you're, you're preaching on John 3.16, right? Alicia's alluded to this. It's the verse of verses. Verse. We can all, oh, John 3.16. What, what, what's the hope and reason for, for dwelling on that right before Christmas? And, and how did you feel like this weekend went regarding talking about the, the love that comes out of that, that verse? Well, the the worship team had planned uh, for mm. weeks to use John three sixteen, uh, even prior to Advent season, mm -hmm. um, as a as a kind of the the focal point of our worship. Mm -hmm. That everything would would hang on, and so we've gotten the testimonies from our uh, some of our missionaries, and they've they've read John three sixteen, which has been really neat, also because in children's ministry. They've been watching the same videos. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool! So, I didn't know that. Yes, yeah. yes. So yeah. I I teach four year olds, nice. and so each week we've been watching the videos and talking about our missionaries. So I love that global dynamic mm -hmm. that right. is not just for us, but our, our little mm -hmm. people are getting it yeah. too. Yeah, and uh, and they enjoyed doing it and sending it to us. The greetings, oh, and yeah, and we just this morning taped our greeting. We had a staff Christmas party. And so we all got together and it was, yeah, we're going to send that out to all our, our team. So that John 3.16 was kind of the focal point of our worship time. So it was fitting. It was like, okay, so Mark, you're going to continue to ask or what, you know, what, what's your plans for? I said, well, let's just, let's look at John 3.16 a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So that was uh, the reason cool. why we focused on that, um, hmm. that this, this last week. Uh, so, so what do you say about John three sixteen that mm -hmm. people don't already know, mm -hmm. and uh, probably nothing, mm -hmm. but I wanted to do a little more of a deep dive into mm -hmm. some of the components of that verse. For God, mm -hmm. there's the author, mm -hmm. uh, so love the world. There's the scope of His love that He gave. There's the essence mm -hmm. of it all. His only begotten Son. There's the cost involved in God's love, mm -hmm. that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. There's the benefits. Yeah. So mm -hmm. uh, again, it does take rocket science to look well, at a verse like that and come up with an outline. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You had mentioned um, in your sermon that um, sometimes we try to run God through the grid of our experiences, whatever those experiences may be. And um, I was thinking about that, um, how true and <laughs> that that is of us. Um, but the importance of a verse like John 3.16 is to orient ourselves to who God is. And if we think about um, for the very beginning, Genesis 1, it, God created, it's it, God's the initiator. And then we have John 3, 3.16, for God so loved the world. Romans 5, but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It, it shows us who God is. And then Revelation 22, verse 13, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first, the last, the beginning of the end. These like this sums up who God is and also brings us um, it, the the recognition of who we are and what he's done for us in our situation. Right. Mm -hmm. So he's the initiator. I mean, he's the lover from beginning Alpha mm -hmm. and Omega to, and to the end, Revelation. Uh, now, what I didn't do, didn't have time to, and and um, but it, it's important, I think, to see... This verse in its historical context, you know, 
who was the audience? To whom was this said? Well, it was Nicodemus. Uh, and this Christmas Day coming up, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that a little bit. Um, so you think of this verse, and again, I didn't do this in this message, but you think of this verse in the in this in, as as Nicodemus would have heard it, knowing that Nicodemus was a teacher of the law, he was a Pharisee, he was of that sect of Pharisees, he was of the a ruling uh, leader, elder of of Israel, um, and he would have been steeped in um, uh, in a tradition and an understanding of the law mm -hmm. that this is how you approach God, that God's a holy God, he he's unapproachable. You think of the old there's there. He's living in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. New Testament has, hasn't happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there in Jerusalem was the temple with the curtain and the veil and only Nicodemus himself could never enter the presence of God. Yeah. It was, he was, it was separate from him because God was holy. He dwelled in un, unapproachable light. There was this, God was out there, you know, and all of that. Uh, and, and then to approach God, you have the law, the 613 commandments, and then the Pharisees, they added hundreds more. So it was, there, there was this uh, very legalistic, this is how you approach God, if you're even successful doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and here yeah. Jesus comes along and says, uh, God so loved the world. But wait a minute, the world? We're Jews. It, so you think of everything that Jesus said in that verse, how counter, counter mm -hmm. it was to what Nicodemus would have believed. God so loved, that doesn't fit, mm -hmm. even though, and I brought some of the stuff out, the Old Testament does show a God who loves, but mm -hmm. in that mindset, he was unapproachable. He was holy. He was, he so loved the world. No way. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, we are the special, he, he, if God loves anybody, he loves us Jews. He loved the right. world. God so loved the world that he gave. No, wait a minute. We are to give to God. We bring the offerings. Mm -hmm. We sacrifice the lambs. We bring our uh, our good works, our religiosity, uh, obey the laws. We we approach him, and then he's going to just see if we did it right. If not, you know, well, we're in hot water. No, God so loved the world, He gave. Mm -hmm. He gave. He gave His only begotten Son. It, this is you can't comprehend this. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That as a sacrifice for our sins. You know, as, because Jesus said or had said in verse fifteen, the previous verse. As a son of man is lifted up, mm -hmm. like Moses, he, that's right. the whole story of the serpent. The serpents, right. Yeah. So the son of man will be left. So mm -hmm. he, he talked about a, a death, a dying, that yeah. he, God gives his son to die so that whoever belie believes, come on, I'm a teacher of the law. I've been doing this for 50 years. I've been telling, trying to tell people how you get to God. Mm. And now it's for all who believe in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. So that one little verse, it rocked Nicodemus's world. And, and again, we'll talk about this Christmas that, day. Like, but Jesus um, is Emmanuel. He's God with us and he's, he's tabernacling, you know, he's dwelling among us. He's, he has come to live with us. And that's a whole nother foreign concept of, for mm -hmm. the, the people of the day of mm -hmm. God tabernacling being your neighbor, mm. <laughs> being with you. Right. Yeah. That, that, very that, foreign that concept. transcendent mm -hmm. God who is very imminent and near and real and pursues us, comes into our world. Again, 
no wonder it was so confusing for Nicodemus. Mm-hmm. And of course, Jesus had started the whole conversation out in mm-hmm. chapter three, verse three with, you must be born again. Mm-hmm. Well, how can I, an old guy, enter my mother's womb? He can't do that, can you? And, right. and so, he, and Jesus actually chastises him when he said, you're, you're a teacher of the law and you don't get this? Mm-hmm. Because there again, all over the Old Testament, there was this idea of the the, the, the spirit of God that was making this possible. Mm-hmm. And the, the wind of those illustrations, you, and, and really what Jesus was saying, you must be born again. That word again, I think it is translated above. You must be born from above. Mm-hmm. Something, you can't do this. Mm-hmm. It's gotta be God doing through you. And you're a teacher of the law. It, you know you, you can't do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's got to be something. And what is that something? Well, God so loved. Yeah. He gave his son. And it's all through the work of his son yeah. that if you believe in him, you have everlasting life. It just turned everything upside down on uh, on Nicodemus. Which is the importance to uh, biblical dependency when studying a passage to, to appreciate it more. Like this is an easy verse to... Be united around, but mm-hmm. often because of well, yeah, what it what it means for me. I mm-hmm. got I, I, this was the first verse I memorized in Awana. Mm-hmm. This is the first verse I, oh, eternal life, sign me up. You know, we we we, we want we, when you're young and you hear this, you you want that, but to see it all come down to God's love and say, this this had an original intended audience that mm-hmm. was hearing it for the first time. It is so cool to think even this verse that that yes can be. You know, put on the the eye markings of a of a football player like Tim Tebow and be, <laughs> be Googled by twenty million people that night to, yeah. to to find the truth of God. That's incredible. Yeah. But to think you arrive at that and then realize this is part of an unfolding narrative that we are all a and part Jesus, of now. He he didn't water the story down for Nicodemus. I mean, just like too. that yeah. that verse right before um, 16, 15, or 14 and 15 that you yeah. just referenced. Um, you know, he's he's talking about the Israelites. They're, mm-hmm. They were grumbling against God. They were impatient. They were complaining about the food. They're, they're guilty. Like, they are guilty uh, for just their pr- pride, proud hearts against God. And so he rightly judges them and he sends serpents and, you know, they're dying. There are many of them dying, it says. And so they go to Moses as their mediator, Moses. And so Moses prays for them and then God tells them, you know, to put this bronze serpent on the pole. If they look at it, then they'll (laughs) live, you know? So, so there's, you know, here's this weird imagery. Um, but then we see later that Jesus, he took on the form of sinful man and was lifted up, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I, in, in that verse, I looked back and I thought, wow, you know, that's really confronting who we are and Mm. what we deserve. We are rightly guilty before God Mm. and we deserve death, just Mm. like God was right to judge them. And we are not any different. No, and that's a good point because you just read that as uh, Moses lifted up the serpent and then, again, Nicodemus would have known clearly that story. Right. But if you don't understand what you just shared, the background of that story, it doesn't have as much of weight exactly. to it. So you got to bring that background yes. to it. And I, what I also like about that Old Testament story is that it, Moses said, or God says, whoever looks upon the serpent is healed. And so you could be a hundred yards away, you know, a mile away uh, and dying from serpent bites. 
and all you have to do is just this glance mm -hmm. yeah just just glance. that and yeah. you're healed yeah it, and, and that look of faith yeah uh and so again jesus takes this old testament scholar mm -hmm. or the scholar of the law and the story that he would have known and brings it in that this is he he's conveying the heart of god mm -hmm. and the responsibility of us is not to obey all these commandments and because we can't right we can't do it. It's too burdensome. It's too burdensome. But a glance, a look of faith, yeah. that's all he asks of us. Yeah. It is that some whoever believes in him yeah. shall not perish. And, and he is the one who's been lifted up so we can see. That's it's right. It's not like you've got to go on the hunt <laughs> yeah. for him. You know, right. Here's a clue. No, Crawl look. your snake-bitten yeah. body somewhere yeah. to, exactly. to get to the foot of exactly. the cross. And, and that, I mean, that just shows the Father's heart of love in mm -hmm. that, but also who he is. He is a God of righteous judgment, and his wrath must be satisfied. And he, in, in this verse, tells us that his wrath is satisfied through his son mm -hmm. through, mm -hmm. that he gave mm -hmm. for us. I mean, if you just take work. us... It, yeah. Yes, it just, yeah. it's one of those, boom, blow your mind. Which is, which is why it's so good to, to focus on love, and, and I think it's very important to have a, a, a biblical understanding of the word love mm -hmm. and how would God define it. I, I think we are all just experts at conditional love. I think Nicodemus was even wrestling a little bit with that, how unconditionally God loves and how that love just surpasses w what we could define it to be or what we want it to be. It just makes the message, yeah, again, taste a little sweeter, I think. Mm -hmm. So we... how do we know how do we know what God's look, love is? is well we look at the cross and then how do we respond to god's love we believe mm -hmm. i mean that's that's the that's summary we, right it. there mm -hmm. and yeah. it's yeah. not it's not too much for us because he's done it all <laughs> that's right <laughs> to say that we have to do add to it besides just believe diminishes yeah. the work of the, it's it's mm -hmm. it's a slap in the face of jesus yeah. saying that he didn't, I got to somehow fill in a little bit. I remember years ago, I was a, a college student and during the, the Nebraska State Fair, uh, a bunch of us would work at a booth at the state fairgrounds. That was a, it was a gospel This booth. is when the Baptist pastor You remember that story? Yep. Yeah. And uh, this elderly man had been a, he's retired uh, Baptist pastor. And there was a, you know, a sign that says, you know, how to get to heaven or something like that. And we asked him, so how do you get to heaven? And and um, anyway, he, he slipped, had to slip in his works, had to mm. slip in his works. And uh, it was so sad mm -hmm. to see, to, to see that. So, you know, the bottom line was, so is it 99% Jesus and maybe 1%? How about 99.9% .9 Jesus <laughs> and a 0.01% us? Which is it? And, you know, if you're having, mm -hmm. you know, I believe in baptism, I believe in this, I believe, you know, we have to, we have to repent. We got to turn from our sins. We got to, we have to do something. <laughs> so, okay, well, is it a 1% or whatever? Well, yeah, we settled on the 1%, 99% Jesus. You don't go to heaven mm -hmm. if you don't believe 100% Jesus. And Jesus didn't settle on the 1%. There's no biblical... There's no verse. Nothing. No. <laughs> Why would Jesus? Did he? Did he drop the ball? Are, are right. we? Are we reading these stories and saying, okay, yeah, man, that should have been in there. Repented. That really should have been in there. But we yeah. we got it figured out now. It, it's it's important to realize that repentance and good works and all of the things 
are a, a product of, they're fruit mm-hmm. of right. the faith that's been given to us right. through Jesus. Yeah, and, and that becomes a process. Exactly. And the Holy Spirit, that's Which called sanctification. And, that, and that's the, the the crux of the issue at times, right? Because it, sometimes it is easier to live if there's a task, right? It can be easier to get behind something if there's something to do still. So I mm-hmm. think that's why we fall victim to that mentality of, you know, I got to... I can still get right with Jesus or do, do this, this, and win favor and all this stuff, but it comes down to the identity. And yeah. then the the moment we are leaning on, and the Bible continues, do, don't lean on your own strength. Yeah. Actually, you should be transformed by the renewing of your whole entire mind. Yeah. Don't, you, don't even think the way you did, yeah. let alone do the things you've done. Yeah. That is a total flip the, from what they're used to. The other thing I think would, would have been maybe even, not shocking, but even offensive to Nicodemus was mm. when when Jesus said, uh, you know, God gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him the will son. not perish, the son. Mm. Interesting. And yeah. well, <laughs> wait a minute, you know, that again, mm. that's just, it was so mm-hmm. counterintuitive mm-hmm. to the thinking of a mm-hmm. religious rabbi, of a Pharisee, of, of the sect. No, mm. Jesus unabashedly says, I, I, you I'm, know, him. I'm him. It's me. <laughs> it's me. And you believe in me. Yeah. You have everlasting life. Yeah. The other thing is that we also need to understand, like, like we have to define love, we have to define life too, eternal mm-hmm. life. And I think that's where a lot of Christians can slip up. And I mentioned this mm-hmm. briefly in the message, but we, the moment we trust Christ, we have that life. Mm-hmm. He that, John will say that in his epistle, First John 5, yeah. he that hath the Son hath the life. And so part of discipleship and what a church should be doing is helping each other understand and grow and what it means that we have the life mm-hmm. so that we begin living the life yeah and 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 being a compelling witness um to the world yeah so it's something we can experience yeah. now and knowing that we we as christians are not ever going to experience the wrath of god and further along in Chapter 3, verse 36 tells us that whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. But that's not for Christians. You know, for those of us who do put our faith in Jesus, the wrath has been poured out upon the Son. And that's not something that we're going to have to experience. And um, sometimes I think we need to remind each other of that, you know, that, that, um, the the price that Jesus paid was costly to him, but it's free for us uh, to live this life. Yeah, and Paul spends a book like the book of Galatians talking about that. Mm-hmm. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Galatians five. Yeah. So don't be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Right. Of self doubt of trying to earn something that you've already been given. Right. And so you know. I've said many times, there's really no such thing at all as a defeated Christian because the cross has secured the victory. But there sure is a lot of ignorant Christians that we don't know that. Mm-hmm. I do have a, a someone I had to ask a question because I I I'd mentioned the um, there when it says God so loved the world that He gave His monogenes, His one and only Son. And again, the teacher of the law, Nicodemus, the concept of the sons of God would have been. You know, th- there were other sons of God mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that you find in the Old Testament, and and uh, so Jesus is saying, you know, I am the one and only. I'm the unique one. There's mm-hmm. there's no one like me, in that sense. And I mentioned, happened to mention that uh, 
like Job talks about three times that the phrase sons of God is used in Job. Mm -hmm. And then one other time it's in Genesis chapter six, mm -hmm. where the sons of God came into the daughters of men cohabitated the, and the Nephilim. the Nephilim and you've got this race. So someone was asking a little bit more, can you explain that a little, a little <laughs> bit further? So again, that passage in Genesis chapter six, uh, verse one, uh, now it came about when uh, men began to multiply on the face of the uh, of the land and the daughters were born to them that the sons of God, there it is, the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful and they took wives for themselves, whomever they chose. And out of that came this this race. Um, it's a, yeah, it's a bizarre passage, but mm -hmm. it did lead to um, verse five, where it says, the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And he was sorry, verse six, that he made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. So my understanding of that is that that, that phrase, sons of God, the only other time it's used, three times in Job, it, it's at the angelic realm mm -hmm. or that spirit realm. Mm -hmm. And so we don't know all the details that was going on, but mm -hmm. um, I take it that there was something like the fallen angels, demonic realms, and they were the sons of God, that angelic realm. That that um, and and um, Jude uh, chapter six, um, or not chapter six, verse six, uh, says this: uh, "And angels who did not keep their own domain, but abandoned their proper abode, he has kept in eternal bonds until darkness for the judgment of the great day." What? Angels who did not keep their own domain, but abandoned their proper abode, they're in judgment. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably reference to this whole mm -hmm. thing. They left their spirit realm right. and, and something uh, bad and wicked happened yeah. that created something bad that caused the flood. And those sons of God was that spiritual realm, uh, angelic mm -hmm. realm uh, of those fallen mm -hmm. creatures. So this is a demonic thing that took place. Yeah. And um, uh, so... That's a real quick hard to unpack answer. in the middle of a sermon. Yeah, yeah right. That's hard to unpack when yeah. uh, when it's a, a a short sermon on yeah. top of it. But that's that's what. Sure. So to answer that question, sons of God. So when Jesus says God gave His one and only, mm -hmm. very other than. That's right. Then there's other mm -hmm. sons of God, yeah. the angelic realm, which is what the writer of Hebrew does, mm -hmm. does too. Mm -hmm. He's greater than the angels. Mm -hmm. He'll say yeah. in chapter two. Yeah. So um, yeah. there was this misunderstanding. And has been down throughout the centuries mm -hmm. of Christendom. Mm -hmm. The debates of who was Jesus, the Arian debates and different things about mm -hmm. the nature. And it's hard to get it's hard to get your mind around. Yeah. I mean, to this day, there are denominations that are, you know, Christian denominations that are are uh, they're split on the meaning of what that well, is. and they're unitarian, they're oneness, you know, mm -hmm. they're called oneness theology. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's but um, it's a little wonky. <laughs> yeah, it gets it gets difficult, but the Jesus Hey, but there whatever, is one and whatever only. Whatever what was happening, it was bad. It was bad I mean, here. God needed to just wipe it out. That's because right. Because it was so offensive. Right. Mm -hmm. And Jesus um, separates himself from all that realm mm -hmm. by saying, I'm the monogenes. I'm the one and only mm -hmm. and the unique one. Mm -hmm. And if, that's why to believe in him. Yeah. If Jesus was merely a man um, or a created being, we would be on thin ice. In fact, we'd be drowned because mm -hmm. the ice would have been broken a long time ago. To trust our eternal destiny 
on a good man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was talking to someone recently who questions the deity of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I said that, you know, why would you question your eternal salvation? It's resting on the fact that he is mm-hmm. truly the son of God. He is the second person yeah. of the Trinity, that he is very God of very God. Otherwise, what kind of a work could he have done? Mm-hmm. I I, I, you wouldn't want me to die for you and pay for your sins. I don't want you to die and pay for my sins. Mm-hmm. But when God did it, that's the whole marvel of Christmas, of the incarnation, the story of God becoming a man of what we celebrate. And uh, yeah, this Christmas season, this is the opportunity to delve into that, to, mm-hmm. to ponder it, to teach it to your kids, to somehow this mystery of God becoming a man in that little baby. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's unfathomable if you think that God veiled in flesh the Godhead see. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what uh, Charles Wesley wrote. Yeah, the incarnate deity. The incarnate. He was veiled in flesh, yeah. but he was the incarnate deity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a little squirmy, squirming baby in the hand of a, of a of a of Mary, a little Jewish mm-hmm. girl, he, that he would lower himself to do that. That's Christmas for yeah. the purpose of uh, coming that, and dying for us. That story that you just mentioned made me think about um, in John chapter 6, after Jesus had been teaching and many of the disciples turned and walked away, and Jesus turned to his 12 and said, do you want to go away as well? And Simon <clears throat> Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed, and we've come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And that's like to think about he is the Holy One of God who has come in the form of a babe, taken on flesh. He's left his throne of glory. Who else Who else are we going to turn? Where yeah. else are we going to go? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, God has made this so simple. We don't have to understand all the ins and outs. We don't have to understand the mystery of the incarnation. We don't necessarily have to understand the mystery of the Trinity and how all this works together. He's simply asking us to put our faith in Jesus, yeah. mm-hmm. who is the one who gives us eternal life if we believe him. And John will close his, his epistle off. He said, you know, I've, there's a lot of things I could have written, but there these many things, other signs many other signs, yeah. but I've written these, these things I've written so that you may know that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God. And by believing, and you may not understand all the ins and outs of what that means, but he is the one who's the fulfillment, who comes to bring eternal life because he is the one and only son. And if you trust him, uh, you have everlasting life and it's everlasting. He doesn't take away the mm-hmm. gift that he gives so graciously. Mm-hmm. Again, there's a lot to celebrate about Christmas. And um, let's hope that we don't get all caught up in so many other things yeah. that we forget the real essence of mm-hmm. what That's this good. is about. Yeah, no one can argue that he's in the tomb. They can only argue why he isn't. Yeah. And we'll get to we'll get to unpack that a little more uh, this weekend. I do want to point people towards a couple announcements just for fellowship this weekend. It'll obviously look a little bit different with Christmas following on a Sunday, but we have three Christmas Eve services this Saturday, 11 a.m., 4 p.m., and 6 p.m. 
nurseries provided zero to two years of age uh, at the 11 o'clock in the morning and at the 4 p.m. Uh, service as well. Bundle up. It is going to be cold. It's going to be a chilly weekend for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and then on Christmas Day, there will be one service Sunday morning, 11 a.m. That, that's not the same service as the Christmas Eve service, but it'll be a good opportunity to come together as a fellowship family uh, and, and enjoy a, a kind of a little bit of a shorter service, but there'll be a family potluck thing happening after as well. Yeah. So, and the kids, everybody will be in the room. And we'll have a yeah, just one a fun one a fun time, um, exciting time. Yeah, should be good. So, just as a final reminder, you can find us uh, all over the place on your favorite podcast platform. Just type in Sermon Spotlight, and we pop right up. The fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love. God bless.